0: I'm Chris Carter here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, not the Chris Carter who stole Kenny Pickett's car and playbook. But if I did, what would I do to that playbook? We'll talk about that here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it on YouTube, subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. So, as I said, Monday's episode was pre-recorded, So there was no way for me to know That someone named Christopher Carter would steal Kenny Pickett's car, which had his playbook in it. I just don't know how that would even happen. But, of course, everybody was hitting me up as soon as this. I'm out gallivanting in Georgia on vacation. I'm enjoying a good time with my friends. And I get all these calls. And, in fact, we got one of the calls into our hotline. Take it away. Michael Perry of Anderson, South Carolina. Hey, Chris Carter. This is uh, Michael Perry calling from Anderson, South Carolina. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. My question for you is uh, simply this. I saw on the news where uh, you had stolen uh, Kenny Pickett's car along with the uh, with the playbook. And so I was wondering, you know, why you would do that now. Don't try to deny it. I, I saw it on the news. They said that Christopher Carter had stolen Kenny Pickett's uh vehicle of course it was returned um about an hour later and i was just wondering why you needed to do that um do you need us to start your GoFundMe page or you know something like that we're willing to help you in any way we can man we enjoy your commentary so there's no need to steal other people's vehicles <laughs> just you, chris later let's see jet sweep a double jet sweep A triple jet sweep. Oh, you guys are back. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, just, you know, I didn't steal the playbook. I may have a playbook on me right now that if you see on YouTube, but you'll never know if it's the actual playbook because it's just going to sit right here anyways but anyways thank you uh thank thank you Michael I appreciate the the jokingness of of this manner because it was really funny and I mean like I'm in I'm in Atlanta like walking around this weekend and I literally see people like reading it and I heard somebody wow Christopher Carter stole Kenny Pickett's playbook I'm like it wasn't me but here we are we're gonna talk about this but I, I had some thinking over the weekend and I was like if I stole Kenny if I stole Kenny Pickett's playbook Matt Canada's playbook essentially what would I do with it and I thought Let's say our top five things that we would change about the Steelers playbook going into this season. Now, before I get into this, I want to say I think part some of these changes will happen because they're natural changes and it's things that I talked about all last season. I really think the Steelers were were trying to play, keep away with the ball. They were trying to protect their young quarterback and their new quarterback, and Mitch Trubisky, when he started. They were trying to say, hey, don't throw the ball too much into traffic. Throw the safer outside routes. Just don't turn the ball over. Let the run game and the defense win the day. But I do think that has to change this year. So I've got a top five list that I'm going to go over with you guys with things that I actually think need to fundamentally change about how the Steelers call their plays aka what Matt Canada has to do let's get into this first and foremost the Steelers do have to throw the ball to the middle part of the field number one no more excuses no more and like not all the time it doesn't have to be the only place you go but there was a concerted effort to avoid the middle part of the field and sometimes it was also a you know there were routes run in that direction the ball just didn't go that way it will now be, and if for a rookie quarterback, I get it. It's the middle part of the field—that's where Mitch Trubisky was throwing some of those interceptions in that Ravens game. But when you when you're now you're your second year, Kenny Pickett—you've had your feet under you, you've had time to study the playbook. Now you, you're 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 developing into the guy that they think will be the guy long term. It's got to start opening up the middle part of the field, and if you start hitting in the middle part of the field, you'll actually start to open up the run game a bit more. But it's also how you hit the middle part of the field. It's not enough just to hit it on a couple slants and in routes. It's also about using your tight ends more. And we'll get to the tight ends in a little bit. But number two, and this plays to that middle part of the field aspect, play action has to be a bigger part of the offense. And not even slightly bigger, a lot bigger. If you go look at Pro Football Focus, and uh, by the way, Derek FB on Twitter, follow him, he's, he's a great follow for Steelers fans. He brought this up over the weekend and I completely agree because it's something that everyone who covers the Steelers has been talking about for months, but it's never too late to keep bringing it up because it's so true. The Steelers just didn't call play action nearly enough last year. If you go look right now on how many dropbacks were on, were on play at play action, uh, plays plays by, by 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 play by quarterbacks last year kenny pickett had the 31st most in the nfl with 76 now you may say off the top of your head well that's not that bad he didn't exactly play the whole season chris well there's also guys like baker mayfield who had 120 play action dropbacks which means that's how many times a play action was called and they and they dropped back and they. Pay. And if you're wondering well wait a minute did baker Mayfield play more no he didn't he had 153 total dropbacks on on the season uh And if you look at look at Kenny Pickett's numbers, he had 444 so the ratio of how many plays were play action for Kenny Pickett is extremely low and it has to be something that open that that, that you use more this year you trust your offensive line you trust your quarterback to get rid of the ball if, if the offensive line makes a mistake but it has to be a factor that freezes up linebackers that forces them to either linebackers and safeties guys in the middle of the field to force them to do a decision either you're coming up to defend the run more or you're staying back to defend the pass but if you force them to commit to one or the other, it's going to allow one of those concepts to flourish. Either the run game is going to get started a lot faster, or the passing game is going to open up to those big plays down the middle part of the field, and that's why I kind of I put one and two next to each other because, to me, that is so important to the process of what the Steelers are doing this year. The middle part of the field, it doesn't have to be the exclusive area of the field they target, but it has to be a big part of it, and again, play action, I think, is a great way to open it up. To me, that's That was when Ben Roethlisberger in his youngest stages was at his most dangerous, when his back was turned and then he flipped around and you had Heath Miller going up the middle part of the field or Heinz Ward cutting to the middle part of the field and teams that were running up to stop Jerome Bettis or Willie Parker, and then they're saying, oh snap, we messed up, and you have all that space to work with as a quarterback. It makes things so much easier to process. You don't have to worry about as much. You just read the field, read the defense, know where your team's going to be and get it there. I also think it's interesting to... To, to put this this angle, and uh, another friend of the show, Jim Stam, shout out to Jim uh, on Twitter, uh, he brought this up and he said, what does it say about Kenny Pickett that you know he pulled over at a dealership to take a phone call for 93.7 The Fan and had his playbook on him? And it makes you wonder, does he always have his playbook on him? I truly believe Kenny Pickett is doing everything within his power to master this offense, and he won't necessarily master it this year. This isn't going to make an MVP season or anything like that, but I do think you're going to see him be so much more comfortable with the offense because he will have much, more of a command of everything he's being asked to do. And it's going to allow the Steelers offense to be more efficient and to do some more of these things. But it will still be on Matt Canada to make sure that not only does he call these plays, but that Kenny Pickett knows exactly where to go to on these plays. And if it does not happen, it will lead to more folly, it will lead to more mistakes, and the Steelers offense will still drag. I got three more points in my top five of what the Steelers need to do this this season, more with their play calls in their, in their playbook on offense. We'll get to those and another caller question at the end of the show. Before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Built Bar. Built Bar, of course, is the number one protein bar in America. If you haven't tried Built Bar, you're missing out because it's tasty, it's amazing, and it's also good for you because it's giving you none of the fat and none of the calories that come with a lot of the, the, the tastier snacks out there. What makes Built Bar so tasty? They're covered in 100% real chocolate and in Inside that chocolate are so many different flavors, from churro to peanut butter brownie to double chocolate brownie to cookies and cream. There's so many flavors you can get, and you can get them all at Built.com. Also, when you get all these flavors, you're only getting 130 calories. You're only getting 4 grams of sugar, but somehow you're packing 17 grams of protein in it. So you're getting the gains, but none of the waste that that comes often with snacking on tasty things. And like we said, you can go to Built.com and order them, but now you can also get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section in your local Walmart. And you could pick up four bar boxes of Bilt Bars with flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or go to Sam's Club to pick up 13 bar boxes with flavors like brownie batter or tro. Trust me, when you try Bilt Bar, you'll be thanking me later because you'll be trying the best protein bar in America. Back here in the Locked on Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with uh, the Steelers playbook that I stole over the weekend. Um, But let's get back into, again, things that I would do if I were uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and changing their their offensive playbook and the, the things that I'd be focusing on. So we talked about throwing to the middle part of the field and using play action to be part of that, my first two points. My number three point is specifically on the run game and it's something that I was going back and I was watching tape and I was thinking about and then I was comparing it to pro football focuses charting as far as what runs were zone versus gap runs and I think that there were there was a there was a push out there during the season that says hey man stop calling zone runs let Najee Harris just run gap runs because then he doesn't have to think about where he's going he's going to an assigned gap and that's just going to be the, where he hits the hole and he doesn't have to think about it and he's going to succeed there so I was like okay well let's look at some comparisons as far as what parts of the year he was succeeding and when he, when the Steelers were calling more gap runs versus more zone runs and the Steelers called a lot more uh a zone or gap zone runs, excuse me, for Najee Harris than gap runs on the year was 181 zone rushes to 84 gap rushes. So a big disparity there, but it's also interesting to note when the disparities widened because early on in the season, it was actually very close in the first eight games of the season. They ran 59 zone runs with Najee Harris and 46 gap runs. Now, for those who don't understand zone and gap, let me give a brief explanation. Zone is basically the concept that you're having your offensive linemen do. They're they're blocking in zones. They aren't necessarily assigned to a specific person, they're assigned to a specific area, which Allow forces them to communicate them a little bit more, but allows them to be more flexible with different fronts. It also often gives the running back more chances to choose which hole they want to attack based off of how they feel out of play. It's something that Le'Veon Bell was elite at when he was at his prime with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and that's something that I thought was so good about them, and I think they've been trying to recreate it with Najee Harris. Gap runs are when you're saying, hey, you're hitting off tackle right side. That is your goal. That's what we're setting up. Don't go nowhere else. Attack, attack, attack. So there's your differences of the plays. And again, in the first eight games of the season, it was 59 to 46. For every, it, it, it was almost one to one when you look at it. It Was 1.2 for every uh, uh, for every gap run. You only you only had 1.2 zone runs. So like you 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 didn't have that much disparity, but. The production wasn't there when they were doing that. They got three Dodgy Harris had 361 of his rushing yards during that time. That's 3.4 yards per carry during that time. Then in the last nine games of the season, the Steelers went it ran 122 zone runs to only 38 gap runs so in more in more games they ran less time on the on gap runs and it produced better yards they had 677 yards by Najee Harris a 4.2 yards per carry 0.8 yards more uh than than the first eight games and he averaged uh, and that that was an average of 3.2 zone runs for every gap runs that they designed for Najee Harris to run. Now, I, I just threw a whole bunch of numbers at you. You're probably thinking, like, whoa, zone, gap, Carter, you're losing me, man. Stick with me here. I think part of this was also absolutely what we've been talking about all along. The offensive line coalesced. They got better. But when they coalesced, I think Najee Harris learned how to trust them because it's one thing to just run up to a line and try to make a decision and, you know, then you get blown up. And then when you keep trying to make decisions and you keep getting blown up, that's what was happening to Najee Harris a lot in the early part of the season. But as the season wore on, he got more opportunities to be able to make those decisions with, one yard, two yards, three yards beyond the the line of scrimmage instead of behind the line of scrimmage, and it allowed for more success on the part of Najee Harris, and I truly think that is part of the success the Steelers need moving forward, and it needs to be a part of this playbook to say, hey, you know what, this group came together, you've got Broderick Jones, you've got Isaac Silomalu, they're going to fit in, you got to trust that this team can run those zone concepts and see if you can recreate what you were what you were starting to build at the second half of the season there and again we're talking a difference of of 361 yards in eight games versus 677 yards in nine games it's a big difference it's a big it's a big jump for Najee Harris I think that's where he's going to be Najee Harris isn't your home run hitting running back he's not the guy that's going to come out and 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 break off you know 80 yard touchdown runs but I think what he is and was always supposed to be is the grinder running back he gets the tough yards he's gonna fall forward he's gonna make that make make the like the next the first guy miss and then fall forward because he's tough to bring down but if you but you have to give him space to operate you have to be able to give give him the chances to make those decisions beyond the line of scrimmage and part of it also has to also be on Najee Harris too he has to make the right decisions and he has to trust his offensive lineman to block in the right spots I think that was part of the change that he made he's like hey look he wasn't trusting it, and rightfully so. He was getting blasted. I, you know, Mark Caboli, who's with The Athletic, we've had him on this show, he brought this up before, as did Dale Lolly a former colleague of mine uh, who works for the Steelers now at Steelers.com, but – this is note for guys who covered Rashad Mendenhall. Rashard Mendenhall used to get, you know, clowned a lot by Steelers fans in his early years because he would do a lot of dancing behind the line of scrimmage. People were like, wow, why is he dancing behind the line of scrimmage? It's because there were no holes open and he was trying to find one. And then in 2010, before his fumble in the Super Bowl, he was having a very good year. And partially it was because Marquise Pouncey was added to the line and the group started to block better, which meant he didn't have to dance as much. And I think that's part of what Najee Harris is going to have to have this year. He's to have to have this zone blocking truly grow and give him more opportunities to be aggressive to make those decisions because to me that was the best part of his game at Alabama was when he was just running downhill seeing re-processing what was in front of him choosing the best battles and and getting the yards that, that were there, that were there to be gotten and then creating after the fact there I think that if if Matt Canada does focus on those zone runs and make sure that those are cleaner, this is going to be a much more efficient rushing offense. My last two points here of the top five things I would change about the Steelers playbook, more first down passes to George Pickens. I know I'm talking about play action. I know I'm talking about the middle part of the field, but there were so many times where I do think that that guy, he gives you such a good chance to go up and get the football, to be a big playmaker, use him. Use him to terrify defenses more and when you do that if he proves that he can win those jump ball battles against the cornerback it's going to force a safety to play over top of him more it's going to force more attention his way he got 800 plus yards last year with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett kind of going back and forth between the quarterback battle that, that was there throughout the season and the injuries and all the other things and just the makings of the offense that was still figuring things out imagine what he could do if you start throwing him to the ball on more on more possessions where defenses are kind of in a place where they have to honor the run they have to honor the Tight end, they have to order Deontay, Deontay Johnson, they have to honor all these different things. And you're throwing it to George Pickens, where maybe he gets that nice one on one coverage and he gets a chance at a big play. That has to be another big part of it. And something, and my final point here something that I've been talking about a lot for this for the Steelers is using more 12 personnel get them tight ends on the field you can run the ball you can call play action but I think that has to be a much bigger part of this Steelers offense we've talked about it with Doran Dickerson a former NFL tight end himself who came on the show and said how excited he was to see a Pat Fryermuth working with a Zach Gentry and a Darnell Washington and seeing that crew go to work and I also think you can get even more creative with a a, a Connor Hayward out there he's going to be more of the fullback age back type of guy that floats around this year but you know that he can line up there and know what he's doing so you have all this flexibility use it so those are my top five things a or one, get the ball to the middle of the field more. Two, call play action much more than you did last year. Three, trust the zone runs, make sure they're clean, get Najee Harris to in space and let the offensive line work to make it to give him space to go to go to work. Four, more first down passes to George Pickens, and five, lots and lots more of 12 personnel formations. And we'll see if that happens. OTA start back up again this week. We have a lot more to to cover from that as we get OTA reports from the Steelers uh, here as, as time rolls out. But we got more questions to talk about. Another caller called in with a question about Steelers' defense and their newest player on that defense. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with uh, the Steelers playbook, as I said before. But here, just finishing up our Tuesday episode here, and we have another caller here. We have our friend uh, who's called into the show before. We got Don Tillman. He calls in with a question about Marcus Goldman, an interesting question that I think leads to some other parts that we can get to. Here's Don. Hey, Chris, this is Don Tillman. I wanted to ask you a question. Why do you think the Steelers – gave Marcus Golden a one year contract but wouldn't give Bud a one year contract because I, I think everybody would much rather have Bud at Bud in one year for one year than Marcus Golden thank you Thank you, Don. That's a good question. I appreciate the call. Remember, you can always call at 412-223-6644. And if you call, please uh, please leave your name where you're from and keep your question under a minute. We try to get you on the show. And if you want to guarantee that your question will be on the show, please use the QR code and donate on the on screen right now if you're watching on YouTube and donate to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation under the campaign that I've had going. Uh, you can find the link to donate if you're not able to watch on YouTube. There's a link attached to in the description of this podcast. It's also attached to the description on YouTube as well. But if you donate at least $10 or more to this campaign to raise money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, you'll be guaranteed to get your call on this show within a week of your call. So all that being said, thanks to everyone who has donated and who will donate in the future. But let's get to Don's question here. So why did the Steelers give Marcus Golden a one-year deal but not Bud Dupree? Well, it, it that is that is an interesting question but one i don't believe i've seen marcus golden's financial numbers yet you know I, I think that that's a that's still something that has to come that has to come out right now and uh when i look at that i'm thinking huh okay well where would you know what what would have stopped the steelers from bringing from bringing in uh bud Bardu, dupree at that rate and um uh and it's it's a good question and maybe it's because Bud Dupree wanted more of a primary role wherever he was going, and he knew that if he came to the Steelers, he'd be the third guy. And Bud Dupree, I mean, looking at his contract numbers that he got from the Atlanta Falcons, it wasn't that crazy. Bud Dupree signed for... Uh, what is going to be a 2.8 million dollar cap hit on the Atlanta Falcons? The Steelers would have taken that in a heartbeat, in my opinion. Or maybe there was an injury question there. Not sure to be to be to be honest. There and again, we still got to see Marcus Gold's numbers. But if Bud Dupree went for 2.8 million. I get the feeling that Marcus Golden's probably around that number as well. If you're, if you're thinking about uh, edge rushers being added at this part of the, of, of, free agency well after the draft and going into OTAs. And I, I, I presume we'll get to hear from Marcus golden at OTAs moving forward, but to answer more to, you know, to delve more into the, I think the, the area that Don's getting at, at here with the Pittsburgh Steelers and why it might've been, and who knows, there's a lot of why's that could, that, that could, that could be there, but, I think it's important to to note the Steelers are kind of are are trying to fill in guys who are going to want to either stick around or be part of something maybe building forward. And I think if Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree is a good guy. He's been part of the locker room. He's been part of the environment. But I think Bud Dupree's in the part of his career where he's more so thinking like, man. I need to get my next payday. I mean, when you go look at Bud Dupree and his career, he got a great payday from the Tennessee Titans. But then, of course, that was cut short after two seasons because of his injuries. And now he's a he's a guy who he's 30 years old, and he only has a bit more time to go get another big contract in the NFL. And if he's sitting coming off the bench, maybe he's not going to get that time. And so I think that he's trying to strike while the iron is hot. And he's trying, and, and that's just getting getting a, getting snaps with one team and then either getting a big contract out of them or then be getting on the Justin Houston track where you can get like eight to nine million dollars every year for the next few years and make it make it work that way. Marcus Golden, on the other hand, he's 32 years old. and you might be thinking, well, that's just two years, but two years at that at playing that position that could be a very different part of both of their careers, especially with the injuries that Bud Dupree's had in his career. I think Marcus Gold's in the position where he's like, look, he knows what this is. He's down to contribute. He's kind of – you know he's never been the guy that was going to be you know this the supreme takeover edge rusher that Bud Dupree that the Tennessee Titans were hoping but Bud Dupree would become um and he's had he's had good years again he had 12 and a half sacks in 2016 10 sacks in 2019 11 sacks in 20 and, and 2021 he's had moments here and there but i think that marcus golden's just in a different part of his career and i think it goes back to what the steelers are actually looking for from a lot of these veterans they're signing this year they the little guys that are just going to add to the culture they're going to be about team first and not necessarily worrying about contract situations as much as they are worrying about making sure that they're that they're lifting up the team a bit more because the key for this steelers team this year i know a lot of people you talk about winning the super bowl doing this and checking those boxes i think the biggest thing the steelers have this year is continuing to build this young nucleus to be the future of this franchise. And that means having the right veterans around. We talked about that a lot last weekend on Monday uh, with the Locked On Steelers podcast, but it means having the guys around we're going to be able to contribute to that. And we had Alex Clancy, who hosts Locked On Cardinals and who's covered Marcus Golden for years. And he talked about how Marcus Golden is that locker room guy. He's going to be a perfect fit for you. He's a motivator. He wants to help other guys, but he doesn't make it about himself. And I think that that's what they're looking for, guys who can contribute to that. Not that again, not that Bud Dupree can't help in that regard, but I think Bud Dupree and the Steelers may have different. Goals right now for for the Steelers looking for an edge rusher who can come off the bench, give them some good snaps and um, and uh, and and be able and be able to just come off the field, come off the field, help out and kind of just be quiet. And when you come back, you know, off the field, you're helping, you're 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 being that extra mentor, um, you know, you're off the field. For you guys, and maybe that's where Marcus Golden sees himself right now. He's 32, he doesn't have he probably, I'm not sure how much longer he wants to play in the league, but that could be a spot there. But if you look at the projected depth charts right now for the Atlanta Falcons, where Bud Dupree signed for $2.8 million, he's projected to be a starter for, for the Falcons right now. And I bet Bud Dupree is thinking, I this is my chance to show everyone I still got it, I can get after people, and I can go you know wreck some havoc and if he does great and he'll get paid and that'll be what he wants in his he'll, he'll be able to maximize his earnings in his last year. So I just think that's a different thing there but again it, it, it's not a slight against Bud Dupree or or the Steelers. I think it's just a matter of of the Steelers are looking for certain guys to fill out the roster right now and be good role players, good guys that that can that can hold down the fort where Mike Tomlin needs them to so that the young guys who are figuring it out can kind of look at them or be around them and pick up the veteran uh the veteran wild the veteran wisdom that comes from some of those guys and incorporate into their game and i think that that's such a good part good thing to have too you think about the steelers over the years when they were at their best there were plenty of guys like guys who like like larry foot who larry foot wasn't a superstar but he knew where he had to be he was he was a professional he was in the right spot he communicated did his job and was 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 a good guy in the locker room all those things adding up you helped all. You helped the other guys around you be be good and be better. So again, I look at the Steelers and what they're doing there, Don. And I think it's more so, but Bud and the Steelers maybe just didn't see eye to eye on what was going to happen there. And Bud wants to start. He wants to get the chance to show the NFL. He's still got it. Marcus Golden, I think, is reserved to, hey, you know what? I'll come off the bench, but I'll give you everything I got, and I'll be able to be part of what you're trying to build as a winning culture for the for this young Steelers roster and the future to come with this nucleus, with Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, uh, and all the younger guys on the roster. That's what I have you here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and check out this show, the Locked on Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday, here on your favorite podcasting app or on youtube like this video if you enjoyed it on youtube subscribe to this youtube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes remember I wasn't the person who stole Kenny Pickett's playbook but if I did I'd make those changes I did at the start of the show we'll be back with more more tomorrow on the Wednesday episode after OTAs continue for the Pittsburgh Steelers after the holiday weekend stick with us here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast we'll have a lot more fun conversations on your Pittsburgh Steelers